0: Welcome to Coming Out Evil. I'm Harley Honey and I'm Mixa Join our descent into villainy. Once upon a time, there was a little ogre named Shrek who lived with his parents in a bog by a tree. It was a pretty nasty place, but he was happy because ogres like nasty. On his birthday, the little ogre's parents sat him down to talk, just as all ogre's parents had for hundreds of years before. I think that Shrek the Musical is (laughs) interesting. Yeah. Because it's really different from Shrek.
1: Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm excited
0: to delve into
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm taken back to when I was like I love Little Mermaid 2 that's such a good movie it was my favorite growing up I liked it more than the original just to rewatch it in adulthood and be like oh yeah and that's kind of what watching Struck the Musical this time felt like for me but there is still definitely a lot of good things to delve into which I am excited for
0: yeah it has a kind of similar opening with a fairy tale but it's more theatrical in how it's portrayed it doesn't feel like it's leaning as much into mocking Though, it's, like, taking itself a little more seriously. Like, we jump directly into Shrek's backstory, basically.
1: That is something that I think is interesting about musicals. Like, it really spells it out for you. Like, a movie could be anywhere from pure entertainment to people sitting there critically thinking about it. And being professional critics about it, right? But I think it's seen a lot more as just, like, entertainment, if that makes sense. Like, they definitely don't want people to think too hard if they don't have to, necessarily. Yeah, that makes sense. Which I think it really spells out the themes very beautifully, right? It's not in a way that's insulting or being like, oh, there's no way you would have picked up on this without our help, right? But It does kind of aid in that process a little bit.
0: I think that makes perfect sense.
1: So, Shrek the Musical definitely
0: gives musical energy. or sure. Yeah. It's not technically a musical the way I feel like Shrek is technically a musical. It's a whole jazz square, <laughs> spirit fingers looking <laughs> <blank. blank. laughs> up. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, as a full-on production
0: so let's talk a little bit about treks backstory what i have here is i've pulled some quotes they are paraphrased i've cut out some things in the middle so these are not like complete and direct quotes Mm -hmm. so just know that but there was a little ogre named trek who lived with his parents and like we hear in the quote he was happy because ogres like nasty so we know what kind of environment (laughs) he's growing up in and then they sat him down to talk like all ogre parents have they say now you're seven it's time to go away (laughs) fully like leave like literally like now you're seven it's
1: time to go and like sing it gleefully (laughs)
0: literally and that tone that playfulness with the tone is really interesting in that song Mm -hmm. it's so cheery when you listen but if you listen to the lyrics it's really not like then they say you're gonna make us proud no backing up allowed like that's actually incredibly menacing
1: and he's seven yeah and it's not like ogres age faster the character on stage is clearly like a humanoid seven-year-old right like it's very similar at least to a seven-year-old human child like there's no getting around that yeah and
0: a seven- year Year old should be allowed to be hopeful. Like right. we ask seven-year-olds what they want to be when they grow up. That's when they have dreams. And then literally, they say it's a big, bright, beautiful world, but not for you. Ooh, chill. <laughs> yeah, like dark. <laughs> that turnaround. And then they tend to make a fuss and burn our houses
1: down. The racial allegory at this point is an escape. Yeah. The musical was like, make no question about it. This is the talk that black parents have with their kids at age seven.
0: I knew I was not imagining that. Mm -mm, (laughs) No.
1: And they're very quick to the draw with it in the musical. Mm -hmm.
0: And so then we see him age up in the number, I believe. And Mm -hmm. he starts to kind of show us how he's internalized these things that his parents told him. And the things that he learned from how he gets treated. And he says, I'm happy where I am. All alone, reasonable the sign sign says keep out right do you have any thoughts on like how he might have been feeling internally when he's saying that externally
1: yeah it's interesting too because before he ages up because it's a pretty drastic um age up he's literally seven and then he's an adult right like we don't really see a lot of middle stages but we do see him traveling alone and trying to make friends and trying to join in and getting rejected right so at this point if you compound that by every day every month every year for however many years are between age seven trek and present day I just, I can't even imagine like
0: the levels of trauma
1: this poor ogre has. The
0: compounded trauma is Mm -hmm. just a lot. He says he's fated to be lonely and destined to be hated. Being liked is grossly overrated.
1: Woo, jeez. (laughs) That's Pete reclaiming villainy right there. Like, Truly. <laughs> the
0: being liked is grossly overrated. That really hits
1: close to home. Mm-hmm. And it's like true. But it's also like, damn, like you deserve yeah. to like at least have a couple people who like you.
0: Yeah. And it's hard to cope with. Like when you really sit down and we talk about being a villain, like this really is what it's all about. It's really about not caring at all. Mm-hmm. And so it's like interesting that he starts kind of, overcompensating that lesson because I don't think
1: he's wrong
0: right being liked is grossly overrated but that doesn't mean you're not allowed to want it
1: right and it also like being liked isn't your goal right because then you'll start moving funny but honestly as long as you're doing you and showing up as you there are people out there for you that will vibe with you like regardless of what that looks like that's just by the numbers there's so many yeah. people in the world like you have people out there that get it who get you right and move accordingly so yeah
0: being liked is grossly overrated but it's not true that that means you have to be fated to be lonely or that you're destined to be
1: hated right it's not a complete binary yeah just this poor ogre like we should just already yeah. three minutes in just
0: Traumatized, lonely, overcompensating. Then we get introduced to the fairy tale creatures. Mm. <laughs> interesting because
1: they removed the internment metaphor. They sure did. I think it goes back to that they don't want people to think too hard like, no no no, don't get too depressed. It's okay. Don't it's it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Really an interesting choice. Yeah. They're just wandering in the woods and they're like, oh, no, we lost our home. <laughs> like, no need yeah. for backstory there. Like, <laughs> No no need for a good explanation
0: or nothing. Yeah.
1: Which is really, uh, it's just so interesting because at that point, it's like the book didn't have the fairy tale creatures. The movie added it with that whole internment camp allegory like we talked about. But then the musical kept the fairy tale creatures without the major allegory they represented. So like, what was the point? And the songs back that up too, like entirely. <laughs> does. The songs are so cringy for the fairy tale creatures. No, yeah, it's so cringy.
0: It's so cringy.
1: Oh, it's so bad. Maybe editing
0: Sedusa can input here, like what timestamp you can go to in the movie. It's available on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I'll let you know and. <laughs> You will regret it, but go ahead. Do you? I can't control you. Embrace your villainy and look it up against my will, I suppose, but you will regret it. So there's that. Just, you've been warned. Mm-hmm love that ominous. <laughs> you will regret it. Story of my life. Like, ugh. <laughs> just, yuck. Editing Mixed here, all the timestamps provided for this episode will be based on the Netflix adaptation for Shrek the Musical. The first fairy tale creature song clocks in at about 8 minutes and 45 seconds, and I'll be back for later timestamps. Also, you all should be warned too, that's a song where they just full-on drop the T-slur. Like, boldly. Yeah. Like, no shame. <laughs> so, so unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. First Content warning of the episode because Blue Bunny.
0: So, yeah, they skip the internment metaphor. It's uh-huh. just a random roll call. We don't get an explanation. And then we see Shrek confronting the fairy tale creatures. Similarly is in the movie. Like, similarly timed anyways. And then I believe there's a musical number, right? After Shrek is introduced to the characters? Yeah, so he gets introduced to the characters, and I think that most of them aren't afraid of him. Like, they're all unintimidated oh. by him. Which is a big difference from in the movie, which I think That's takes true. a lot away really from so. the character dynamics. Yeah.
1: So they have their song, Shrek enters, and then they do, like, a reprisal of it but the fact that they
0: are not intimidated by Shrek if you listened to our last episode we talked about how like what caused Shrek and Donkey to bond one of the factors was that Donkey was like basically the first person to not be scared of Shrek right. but in the musical they make the decision to just make everyone unintimidated by him and so he says haven't you read the stories like as in stories about
1: mm-hmm.
0: me and the wolf goes the ones that say I'm big bad wolf and then the wicked witch goes through the ones that say i'm a wicked witch and it's interesting because they just don't seem to trust the audience to come away with these conclusions themselves they just spell it out for you
1: yeah i think it's interesting because it's like are you doing that because this is supposedly a family friendly entertainment thing right so you're spelling it out for the children or everybody who's your audience here genuinely like because i'm just confused because if it's for the children you're dropping the whole t-slur in there like who's this for they really love the plot like literally in a lot of ways in the musical
0: no really it feels like they just thought that it would add excitement or shock value i guess mm-hmm. but yeah the fact that they're just not scared of him takes a whole lot away and then they say yeah we don't want us here any more than you do again just kind of spelling out that their interests are aligned and then they send him away so in the movie he decides he's gonna leave he just listens to them all and is like yeah i'm gonna go because i need y'all out of here right like swiftly promptly but in this case they literally like make him go like they send him off which is just far less agency for shrek
1: yeah the villainy's gone like all that beautiful villainy reclamation we talked about where he's like he was moving for himself and it happened to be a line with community care it's just like he's been bossed around and told to leave his entire life (laughs) like that's all we're getting so far literally it's just (laughs)
0: happening to him again
1: musical (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah but when shrek meets donkey yeah he says you know if you kill a man i'll hide the body
1: he was ready to go yeah (laughs) which also they really spell out donkey's abandonment issues in that song i believe the song is titled don't let me go oh it was like don't let me go Don't let me go. Like, he's singing that over and over. Like, literally, that's, if I'm not mistaken, the title of the song. No, I mean, you'd know. Yeah, yeah. and he's just giving all these examples of, like, how tightly bonded he's already, like, committed to being with Shrek, where he's like, Mm -hmm. if you kill a man, I'll hide the body. Don't let me go. Like, the abandonment issues are all on the table for everybody at this point.
0: And, you know, there's danger
1: in a friendship without boundaries. Yeah. It's definitely not the emotionally, like, savvy donkey we got in the movie.
0: Yeah. The movie version of Donkey seemed like he was skillfully, you know, getting past Shrek's walls. Yeah.
1: And in this one, they missed what made the humor in Shrek work, and then they took it too far with the slurs. Oh, yeah. Donkey Song has fucking fat jokes in it too right like it's just oh, like geez. and then they saw a donkey and was like oh a black guy playing a donkey that's great and like just <laughs> a black man playing a donkey with abandonment issues got it say less and then just ran with it and
0: just missed it entirely yeah really missed the mark there they just didn't know what made shrek work clearly mm-hmm. it really feels like they just saw that it was eddie murphy and figured you know because mm-hmm. He's the only like prominent black actor yeah. on the stage, so it's odd.
1: The other black actors are literally the three pigs and the ensemble for the fairy tale creatures.
0: Yeah, and what's that say? What's the every black person on stage is playing an animal? Is playing an animal that's supposed to come off stupid too? Yeah, it's just not great. Not giving. No no but you know we meet donkey do you have any other thoughts about shrek's meeting of donkey in the musical
1: i mean i love the dude's voice lovely gowns (laughs) (laughs) beautiful dresses but yeah that's about all i can say for musical donkey unfortunately i just it makes me miss eddie murphy Well, that happens. (laughs) It sure happens.
0: (laughs) The Audience Meets (laughs) Farquad. I have two notes in my little running script here (laughs) under (laughs) Audience Meets Farquad and they are the Pelvis Out Power Pose LMAO. (laughs) And the second note is, the gingerbread man scene is
1: intact, OMG the muffin man shriek was amazing. That voice actor <laughs> for the gingerbread man on point, one of the peaks of the entire musical alongside with Lord Farquaad. <laughs> Lord Farquaad in the musical saves it. Like, so <laughs> much sugar in the tank. <laughs> and he's just so funny too. Yeah. Like he's got some of the best lines in the musical. Truly. I've gotta agree with you there, like, Lord Farquaad in this musical really makes it tolerable because Honestly. he's so
0: hilarious.
1: And he did really well, too, with both, like, the original lines that they pulled from the movie and put in the musical and making it his own, mm-hmm. and then also the new lines they added for him, and it all flowed very seamlessly, like, yeah, it was really, really good. That actor is just, oh, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Also I'm remembering now when I say the Gingerbread Man scene is intact I mean not only the dialogue but like also visually on stage the mm-hmm. set the set and prop designer they popped off that shit looked fantastic it looked exactly like the movie but on stage it was wild so they had to make the Gingerbread Man like for scale you know mm-hmm. so that the audience can see him like right. much larger but it was really cool
1: it was really great almost shot for shot just like the movie
0: Um, yeah which was a good decision because fans would have missed that for sure
1: that is true they already knew they were like we're not touching the
0: scene (laughs) exactly so yeah then the magic mirror enters the scene
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i have written here yeah they leaned even further into the game show element here like they really ham it up
1: and they also afterwards he acts like he's got bonus content like on a dvd which i think calls back to like the actual Shrug DVDs, if I'm Aww. not mistaken. So like, it really tried to make it a nostalgic situation all around.
0: I didn't catch that actually.
1: Oh yeah, he's like, I got bonus content. Check out Fiona's backstory. And that's how it leads into Fiona's backstory. <laughs>
0: oh, speaking of Fiona's backstory, <laughs> <that> is... <laughs> What happens next? We meet childhood Fiona. She's at the top of a tower. She's mm-hmm. reading a fairy tale and skipping all the bad
1: parts. <laughs> skip ahead, skip ahead. <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, what a mood <laughs> literally and like through doing this we watch a childhood fiona become attached to the idea of a quote-unquote white knight a steed one that looks like these pictures
1: she also throughout her number they have three versions of fiona right so the youngest then there's like a teenage one and then present day fiona and each one they're like day number 23 and then day number 927, and then day number mm-hmm. 8,460, 97, 11, right? Like, yeah. just so they really tried to like show you how long this woman's been waiting. And I think if you calculate, it's like 27 years she's been at the scour. So Dang. if you can imagine being cooped up alone and indoctrinating yourself with this ideal of what's supposed to happen to get out, I can imagine that would do a number on you.
0: <laughs> yeah. And over time, she gets less cheery and hopeful about it. Mm-hmm. You know, she goes from from... talking about her white knight, her steed, to talking about how I'm out waiting, they're out living happily. Mm -hmm. Like looking at these books and growing
1: resentful, you know, growing jealous with a touch of ableism in the song. Just another content warning for you. She was ripping out the pages of the book because she's so upset. She's like, cut the verses, cut the intro, cut all of it. And the waiting, and the waiting, and the waiting. And then the next part, she's like, I hope my prince comes and he'll see I'm a little bipolar. And it's supposed to rhyme with, I'm also a very gifted bowler, right? Like that's the thing. They tried to justify it with a rhyme with all of these transphobic ableist comments and slurs and fat jokes, all of it. And it's like, they really try to make you believe they had to for these rhymes and it's like you didn't how did i mix sedusa here coming from the future to let you know that this is the first time fiona references the are you there god it's me fiona parody we mentioned it later and i realized we didn't mention it here so that's my bad and i'll be back it's a fascinating song as far as like the storytelling mode they chose but mm-hmm. yeah they just continue to miss the plot
0: <laughs> yeah and you know adult fiona we see her grow tired of waiting and then we cut to shrek and donkey arriving at Duloc. that's the last we see of her and so they get there and the scene with the running attendant is intact (laughs) he makes the attendant flee because he just calls for his attention that's all he does literally that's it and there's also the scene with the little dancing dolls Mm -hmm. but the way that they kept that intact (laughs) do you want to talk about that a little
1: bit. Yeah they kept it intact really well and then it leads into Lord Farquaad's first musical number. Ooh. Which is absolutely incredible editing we'll at a timestamp here because oh, yeah. if there's one thing you pull from this episode, it's go watch that musical number. Like do it right now. Yes. Please. Editing Mixed here back with another timestamp. You can find Lord Farquaad's first musical number, Things Are Looking Up Here in Duloc, at 33 minutes and 30 seconds on the Netflix adaptation. I highly recommend. I stand by that. Go watch it right now. Okay, thanks. Bye. He is great comic (laughs) relief in this musical. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. What kills me every time watching it is the actor. He plays Lord Farquaad on his knees with like shoes on his knees. And then during his musical number, you'll see full get up and run across Stage, full like legs out and then go back on his knees It just oh it's just so funny but yeah the campus camping
0: he is the reason <laughs> that the promo for this episode was the yassified bar art oh my god that's true <laughs> yeah i did it all on my own except i did you know paste the prototypical mm-hmm. acrylics right, that right. people use
1: in memes it's excellent <laughs> how it all married together honestly. Yeah. yeah i love the vision <laughs> but if you need
0: any more cells on going and watching this musical number on your own. The way he crosses and uncrosses his legs. Oh oh my god. my god. See, the thing is that he's on his knees, right? But the way that the legs work is that they're just kind of dangling from his torso. They're like
1: puppet legs.
0: Yeah, and so he just kind of picks them up. <coughs> to cross cross them them. and picks them up to uncross them and then he also swings them like he's swinging his legs oh my god that man just he saved that musical honestly literally and also I apparently wrote in my notes this is the most amazing dance number I've ever seen saying something because you produce shows at like
1: your ivy league college like yeah i
0: like have a lot of experience in theater i've seen a lot of dance
1: numbers it was amazing (laughs) (laughs) and then where he's on his full-on legs but looking like he's jumping on the people like i just Oh my (laughs) lord, it's just so good. He's trained in ballet, flamingo, and jazz. (laughs) Things are looking up here. And it's like a jazzy number, like it's just, oh, it's so good. It's so
0: good and it's so goofy, like the hey, nani, 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 no. Hey, nani, 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 no. (laughs)
1: Like, oh, it's just fire. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and it still sounds so good. True. Yeah. (laughs) We've been gushing about this number for long enough, I think, but Farquad starts to have a raffle, I don't remember the context of this oh. honestly.
1: So, yeah, so in the musical, they decided Farquaad will just draw a name for who will go say Fiona, and they took out the tournament entirely. So, then when Shrek shows up, he's just like, you know what, Shrek's just gonna go excellent. Maybe the ogre will die, and that's it. We don't get no bad reputation, we don't get no fight scene, we don't see nobody slowly start cheering for Shrek after booing. So, now we've had Shrek not only not scare anybody except the attendant, this man has done nothing but walk places at this point, yeah. Like dead ass has done nothing. Yeah, it's not giving. No. And also for it to be the guy who played the dad in 13 Reasons Why, everything <laughs> about it just feels like a fever dream. Yeah, it's a sad loss, bad
0: reputation.
1: The best part of that scene is him being like, are you Lord Farquaad? And Farquaad's like, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. In the notes that's spelled
0: M-A-Y-B-E-H. <laughs> maybe. maybe.
1: Oh, he's just such a saving grace to this whole operation.
0: (laughs) Yes, every line delivered with care. Oh, yeah, and then the musical number continues, and then we get the wicked reference.
1: Ah! Down! down. (laughs) Hit the high F, baby. (laughs) So, yeah, then Donkey and Shrek do a road trip song. Which is very cute. That's one of my favorite songs from the musical. It's a cute side. The road trip song, they literally have like the puppets from Lion King. I don't know if it's the actual puppets, but they look very similar Mm -hmm. and like (laughs) replicate a tiny, tiny portion of it. It's very funny. Yeah. And then they also have like a Puss in Boots cameo. Like they do a lot of cute things in that little number. We get a little round action where they're singing different parts and that's really cute. Love a good round. Yes. And then, oh, and during this, they arrive at the Dragon's Lair. And then their lines flip in the song. So whereas Donkey was all cheerful and was like, sing a song, it's a traveling song. And Shrek's like, why me, why me? Then they get to the bridge and Donkey's like, why me, why me? And Shrek's like, sing a song, it's a traveling song. (laughs) Like getting him across the bridge. Donkey at one point then is like, we just crossed the bridge together. What a beautiful metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) Showing that they've now bonded a little bit at this point. So
0: Really hit us over the head with it. So Road Trip Song leads into their arrival at the Dragon's Keep. Here they're trying to get across the bridge and Donkey I think is nervous and he says donkeys don't have layers we wear our feelings right on our sleeve and Shrek you know Encourages him Across the bridge By singing with him Which yeah. actually
1: is Really sweet of him Yeah He's yeah. like Where's all that Road trip energy You had earlier Yeah <laughs>
0: And he's Being joking about it But it is like A genuine attempt At encouragement mm-hmm.
1: You know True.
0: And so they really Have bonded It's giving Like when Plankton Participated in the fun song In Spongebob <laughs> F is for fire
1: That burns down The whole town
0: <laughs> Use for uranium Bob. And And it's it's no survivors! No,
1: no, play (laughs) Exactly that, yes.
0: Yeah. We get that energy. Then we meet Dragon. Not giving.
1: Not giving. the puppet for dragons amazing. Okay, yes, the puppet is giving. Yeah, larger than life, lashes to the her, gods. Her. But why the absolute living fuck? She <laughs> played by three women. It's the most awkward choreographed singing trio bullshit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I sincerely don't understand
0: what the point of it was. Like, did they not think that one person could carry those songs or what? But there was a funny line. The dragon says, I'm gonna
1: love you, donkey pot pie. Yes, that's the name (laughs) of the song is donkey pot pie. And
0: like, it's giving pet name, but also threat at
1: the same time. We love a femme top. but (laughs) An aggressive femme. Yes. Yeah, it's three women singing dragon and then like a dance crew of skeleton men. Yeah. Yeah. Just
0: also I don't know if they say that line several times in the musical because you mentioned Fiona saying the are you there God it's me Fiona earlier she does say it twice then I think my thought there is like it's interesting repetition that mm-hmm. she says that at the beginning and also like when she meets Shrek mm-hmm. like it's just interesting juxtaposition like when she feels the need to like talk to
1: God yeah so what's interesting is that Are You There God It's Me Fiona is a parody of the title of a book by Judy Blume called Are You There God It's Me Margaret. And originally what I thought was an empty parody, the book talks about a sixth grade girl who grew up in New York City with one Jewish parent and one Christian parent, then they moved to New Jersey, and she doesn't have any religious affiliation. Mm-hmm. So she goes on this journey of figuring out what does that mean to her, and where does she want to land as far as her religion stands, right? So, and I thought originally it was just making fun of the title, and there was nothing more to it. I was a little disappointed, Harley pointed out, that Fiona's going through a very similar journey. There's a really big parallel there, that Fiona's half human, half ogre, and she's finding her way through that, and figuring out where she lands, and her own identity in that way. So, I was glad that they pointed that out, because I was I was very concerned at first, it was just <laughs> like an empty parody and was very upset about it and a whole little ted talk about it honestly
0: but. <laughs> yeah thanks for coming to our ted talk sure. <laughs> but yeah it's an interesting comparison because it's her internal struggle between these two halves and she comes to a unique conclusion something unexpected right so fiona's arc in that way i'd say is pretty intact right like she starts off attached to the rigid fairy tale process right like like that kind of normie fairy tale escalator. Mm-hmm. She's wanting to be all up on it and she has to learn to let it
1: go. Right. She's literally singing about it as they're running away from the dragons. She's like, here's this romantic moment. I'm playing it out for you. And Shrek's like, we gotta go. <laughs>
0: yeah. And Shrek really impresses her, right? Like, he does yeah. acrobatics. It's, to get them away.
1: It's an incredible theatrical take on that scene. Like, yeah, I think one of the best choreographed scenes in the musical, honestly, beyond the dance choreography and Lord Farquads, of course. But <laughs> as far as like action and stuff, really fun. Yeah, well done.
0: and Fiona witnessing all this says, "You know, you're amazing. You're wonderful." Until a tad unorthodox,
1: but. <laughs> 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 um, and then we get the reveal, of course, where she realizes he's an ogre
0: Yeah, and the fact that he was amazing to her before seeing his face. Yeah. Feels like a good segue to touch
1: on some uglification of this character. So if you missed our last episode, uglification is basically where something's not only named ugly, but then certain values get assigned to something because of said ugliness. Like you see it somebody as good or bad, moral or immoral, right? Redeemable, irredeemable, based on how beautiful or ugly that they're ranked on this binary system, right? So uglification feeds a lot of oppression. And that's something we see happen in both the movie and the musical, as far as Shrek is concerned, people will just look at him and through that uglification, vilify him and oppress him in a lot of ways. Yeah. So she perpetrates that in the scene. She goes from, oh, you're amazing. You're wonderful. And that immediately goes away the minute she sees his face.
0: Yeah. And this is internalized stuff, right? True. You know, we know her situation. (laughs)
1: We
0: we all know. Yeah. But Shrek, Fiona and Donkey, they all make camp, just Mm -hmm. like in the movie. And... so Donkey says, if a guy had a sword at your throat and said, you can't be an ogre anymore, what would you pick? Shrek says, I pick that guy up and hurl him into a tree. Her. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because I think that also not wanting to change anything about yourself that isn't actual self-improvement
1: right,
0: is seen as villainous sometimes, like saying like, I like myself this way. Yeah. right and i think that this hits home to me especially as someone who like is a part of the you know deaf and hard of hearing community
1: Mm. like
0: i feel like i've been asked so many times in my life like if you could just have all your hearing back like and everything be good like when i snap my fingers like would you do that and like no absolutely not literally and similar with like autism like I've had people ask me like if you could go back in time and not be born autistic like would you do that and no absolutely not right and that's not because these things don't make my life more difficult absolutely they do they're a part of my identity and they're a part of who I am right. like fundamentally
1: and has created a lot of the praxis that you have today I relate to that very heavy and I think what's so disappointing about the scene because I like this song originally but you saying that makes me realize he says that, right? He's like, I pick that guy up and hurl him. Like, I'm an ogre, right? But then the whole song, he's like, I guess I'd be a hero. I'd be a poet. I'd take my helmet off. The girl would kiss me. And it just undermines all of that. Yeah. And it's just like, I think, too, like, I've heard conversations of, like, I've heard it specifically in terms of race. Like, if you could wake up and be a white person tomorrow, would you do it? And I think what a lot of black people that I've at least seen and talked to is, like, I have no desire to be white. I desire to not have racism thrown against me and like anti-blackness be hurled against me, right? I would like to exist in my body and not be oppressed for it. Exactly. And I think Shrek says that at first and then the song just undermines all of that. And it's like, was it worth it for this musical number? Like what's, what's the takeaway here?
0: Yeah, I don't know. And I feel like. I don't know if they're trying to communicate just his state at the time or if that's really supposed to be like his end goal for the
1: entire musical yeah i think the ending line in that song is a perfect happy ending it's a big bright beautiful world but not for me so i guess maybe what's actually happening is he's hoping for a happy ending he's like maybe i'd get that happy ending if i was a poet or maybe if right Right? like that but that's really what he's wanting is that happy ending so maybe he doesn't go back on it right he's just kind of doing a thought experiment throughout the song yeah but it does have me a little confused I don't think they really stood their ground one way or the other with it I don't know I think a lot of musicals usually know their audience a little bit better right like with the Lion King the songs are amazing of course but the audience is there for the visual spectacle they're there for the -the one-of-the-kind puppets they're there for a theatrical experience. No other Broadway musical has served to this point in time, right? And, like, for Phantom of the Opera or, like, Les Miserables, they're very philosophical and they're very, like, talk about, like, praxis and basically just how we love each other better, right? And, like, it's very, you know, mindful in that aspect. But this, this musical, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know what they want the audience to walk away with. Like, oh, the songs are great. Oh, the visuals are great. Oh, the, like, thesis and the praxis was great. I don't know. I think they tried to do a little bit too much of everything and then things just kind of got lost. So you got this like appealing song, but what was the message you're supposed to come away with?
0: Yeah, I also personally, like, I feel like I don't even find the song super appealing because it it reads as sad to me, you know, he Mm. wants to be, he wants all these things that aren't within the realm of possibility and I always find that kind of thing sad.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting to think about because you're right, it's a sad song and I think it's one of those things, right, when I first saw this musical, I was living alone in my one bedroom apartment and my life was like, I don't know, like I wasn't struggling for money at this point. Like it was a pretty decent setup I had, but I was very lonely in a lot of ways. And I think this musical really resonated with me for those reasons, right? I think... With the context of the movie, right, like I started seeing the seeds of villainy being planted and like being villainized all your life and relating to that because that's kind of the point I was at was healing from all this abuse and all these fallouts from people and trying to rebuild my life and heal and it being a very lonely process, right? So I think that song, I felt that kind of mournfulness, that kind of yearning for a different life with a happier ending.
0: Yeah, I mean, he literally says a perfect happy ending, a big, bright, beautiful world, but not. Not
1: for me yeah and I think there's just kind of this resigned acceptance but still this hope that hasn't been snuffed out that I think is just very relatable very sad but it just really resonates and I think even looking back and seeing how much this musical misses the plot in some areas there's just some things that just really pull at my heart in those ways
0: I do think that for me like personally I didn't like how much it changed like Shrek's character fundamentally. Yeah, that's because the way that Shrek in the movie, like the way that he copes with his situation is by not pining for these things, like actively he rejects all these ideas. And we never really get a moment like this where he's talking about how he wishes he had these things specifically which is kind of refreshing to me honestly the movie still manages to show us like his pining and like show us him feeling shame and show us him like wanting more but it does it without him saying literally i wish i could be a hero
1: and literally too in the original movie we got this incredible scene where shrek's being really tender with donkey and talking about constellations and he's like things aren't always as they appear right and that gave fiona an in for Fiona feeling a little more emotionally vulnerable around him. But this, it's just a very, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's a self-centered song where he's just kind of like, what was me? Which is literally the song the fairy tale creature sang earlier too. Like there's not really any sort of reclamation happening. There's no sort of like defiant acceptance of the circumstances and like being here for it. And it's like, I'm an ogre and I'm proud and I'm gonna be that right like I don't know it's just a very different energy from the movie and I think watching the movie first and then this really highlights that for me I think if you watch the musical by itself it lands differently but it's very hard to ignore after watching the movie just how much they strip Shrek's character of agency and power and his situation and everything yeah I also feel like
0: fiona the next morning being like buzzed on coffee oh is a fun and interesting take because mm-hmm. i don't think that's how they explain her behavior in the movie no she's
1: a lot more excited in the musical like yeah. she is buzzing <laughs> off of being out of the tower being freed and being like i'm going to be free with this curse tonight whereas in the movie i think fiona's primary focus was apologizing in that morning and like she has a moment where she's saying with the bird right and the next it. But it's very different versus musical Fiona. <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite scenes. You can tell she's having so much fun. She breaks character. Like just the way she's smiling and laughing for it. Like it's just so funny. That's
0: great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really think that this is actually a fun take on that scene. Few things in the musical do I feel improve upon. anything, But I do think that this is a cute little hee -hee ha ha. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The next bullet I have says that she shows up the Pied Piper. I think that's referring to like in the musical number. Mm -hmm. When the Pied Piper is trying to do something she manages instead. Yeah,
1: she's trying to get the rats to follow him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you just gotta change your tune. And he's like, I've tried it everything. And then she takes it and they have these rat tap dancing shoes the dancers are wearing which is really fun. And you see them like under the curtain. And all of a sudden she's doing burlesque. She's taking off her panel skirt. She's doing the yes. whole thing. They're doing some flossy jazz dancing. Like, it's a whole thing. It's really funny.
0: Yes, I love that Fiona does a little burlesque. <laughs> there was a fun sense like an aura around the musical. Where I just kind of felt like there would be burlesque in it somehow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it did not Disappoint me. That's also the song where she says this line that really stuck with me where it's like, Last night I was a monster, but this morning I'm okay. Like, that's her big finishing line for that musical number. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's such a BPD mood. Like, I just feel so mm-hmm. seen with that song, and she's just having so much fun and like thinking about the joy in her face while she's singing it, and also the lyrics at the same time. It just, it hits. It hits really hard
0: yeah it really does mm. then they move on and shrek and fiona kind of have a moment where they're playing trauma olympics basically yeah but <laughs> they're low-key bonding over it so sarcastically you know shrek says it must have been so hard living in a dragon guarded tower mm-hmm. you know and then um says i think i got you beat my dad and mom sent me away it was my birthday And they kind of both go on to eventually realize they were both sent away, and so they have a shared trauma that they realize together so i think that was really interesting
1: yeah it's like i don't know it's interesting too because he's like you were a princess in a tower at least you were like protective right whereas he was like out as a seven-year-old facing mobs and wondering if ogres go to heaven and he's like did i mention i was seven right and it's just like yeah oh like yeah, yeah both were definitely traumatic to them right but i think shrek has a point that he was seven wondering if he died in this scenario <laughs> would he like have eternal grace or not <laughs> so, so sad it really was but yeah and then just the fact that both of their rounds end up saying my mom and dad sent me away right so yeah yeah it's nice how they really highlight that in the musical too versus in the movie
0: yeah it's really interesting because shrek and fiona's romance is more like spontaneous in the movie mm-hmm. like we don't really get to know like what bonds them entirely we kind of get a sense that them being being ogres and like that similarity yeah. makes them want to bond but in this case it's like deeper than the flesh you know right. Like it is shared experience which i think is an interesting improvement absolutely then they have a burping contest
1: yeah (laughs) they burp and then they start farting and dancing while farting and like it's a whole
0: situation and it is an incredibly
1: long sequence yes it is (laughs) you're like oh okay haha okay oh you're still going that's enough slices (laughs) (laughs) i think we got the take (laughs) <laughs> I think it only ends because they like touch asses while farting like it was something very yeah. awkward and they're like oh that's alright it's too far that's yeah, enough intimate
0: like, you know it was
1: uh, definitely something
0: yeah but better out than in he always says <laughs> <laughs> but yeah then we pop back over to Farquad, and that's when we get his horrible backstory all I have written there is Lord Farquad's dad was grumpy oh as in he was one of the mm-hmm. Thor Orbs. Yeah. Okay. That he was
1: grumpy. <laughs> oh, it's, so, okay. Well, there's also the scene he's in the bathtub, which is just mm-hmm. hilarious. Like, there's some really... Hilarious moments there where he's like, one of the guards are cleaning his feet and it's like ticklish. I don't know, but like. Oh, goodness. So Lord Farquaad simultaneously has arguably the best number in the musical and then the worst number, in my opinion. Like, it. I'm just like, dang, like, why do you have to do that? And it was just supposed to give backstory that, like, he was, like, abandoned in the woods by his dad and his dad was a workaholic and he was grumpy and that's why he is the way he is and why he's not invited to the wedding and why he's got this, like, complex about being short or whatever. Like, it was just weird all around yeah
0: that's so bizarre mm-hmm. well that happens then we get more <laughs> burlesque yes <laughs> rat burlesque
1: <laughs> oh that's right yeah that is correct yeah when um whenever shrek and fiona are like eating they're like snuggling up with each other and donkey's like you gotta say something and then we get the three blind mice doing burlesque with donkey singing this number about Say your feelings and shit,
0: but Yeah. Forgot about that one. Yeah. If editing Mixedusa could input a timestamp for the rat Oh yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: That would be fun. Yes.
1: <laughs> editing Mix-a-Dusa is back to let you know that you gotta make a move by Donkey and the Three Blind Mice with a little bit of mice burlesque is right around an hour and twenty six minutes. Okay, great, thanks.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Then we get Shrek and Donkey talking about Shrek's feelings. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember a lot about that scene, besides that they talk about his
1: feelings. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty similar to in the movie where it's like, if I did have feelings hypothetically, which I don't, like, it's pretty pretty much word for word what happens. Nothing new is really added or anything.
0: Yeah. Then Shrek and Fiona have that same third act conflict, you know, the misunderstanding little dose of dramatic irony.
1: But they've added a song now. (coughs) Um, Shrek has a whole song there now Where like he's got the sunflower And he's trying to figure out what to say and like. Oh my gosh
0: Yes I have stuff written about that Shrek yeah. says Like he's oh. <laughs> trying to script Himself and he goes You're also pretty but I like you anyway
1: <laughs> <laughs> And the flower's pretty like you But I like you but Yeah, <laughs> so.
0: yeah. And then there is a touch of fat phobia In yeah. there that I wanted to unpack he like at some point compares her to something that
1: He says like, Oh look at the moon, it's so big and bright, just like you. I'm not saying you're big. Yeah. But your personality is bigish.
0: Of course you're not fat, your personality is bigger. Right. <laughs> Sorry about that fat
1: thing. <laughs> and then he goes, I got some meat on my bones myself, whatever. Like he just yeah. makes it worse and worse. He just keeps harping on it. Like Yeah.
0: And then he lands on the conclusion that if words fail, she'll understand. So hopefully his plan was to try less awfully hard. Right. What was the point of that? <laughs> like no point, especially since they immediately misunderstand each other completely. He overhears her talking about herself and thinks that she's talking about
1: him. Da da
0: da, blah blah blah. Great. Boom. <laughs> like Lord Farquaad uh, comes to retrieve Fiona, just like in the movie, and they agree to get married before sunset. Mm-hmm.
1: And we know why. <laughs> That's also the scene where Lord Farquaad comes in on that, like, statue horse, and he's like, whoa there, plastic horse. Just. Yeah. Oh, he's got some really funny moments there, but, um, truly also trying to get the puppet legs on his knees when he's already on his knees, so he's, yes. like, having to stretch with his full, like, range of motion. <laughs> and then from there, I think it's pretty identical to the movie. She yeah, does the hard R ogre. <laughs> she even
0: does the farewell
1: ogre. Yeah. yeah. Pretty intense.
0: Thereafter, we get Shrek working through how pissed off he is about this, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's hurt and that's where he's speaking from. He says, I'm going to be what they want. I'm going to be what they say. You're looking for a monster. It's your lucky day gonna harden my
1: heart gonna build a wall and that's how they diagnose you with bpd when you say (laughs) those exact words you get rewarded with a bpd diagnosis actually check the dsm-5 i'm pretty sure it's in
0: there (laughs) yeah yeah it's in fact quoted in the Mm dsm-5 i would know
1: (laughs) (laughs) sources shrek the musical but yeah building the wall walls around his heart you know one for one yeah, Makes a lot of sense.
0: <laughs> it does. And then I have here next. They tried to make Pinocchio
1: a trans allegory. Oh my God! Oh, the <laughs> fairy tale would, creatures. I'm good because they have this whole song about let your freak flag fly Mm -hmm. and like all of them are talking about what makes them unique and what makes them special and to love yourself for those things instead of being ostracized by society for them like it's so weird but yeah they really try to make it a queer allegory which is confusing for so many reasons because they go from oh this character is obviously supposed to be queer and then this one smells like sauerkraut and that's what they're reclaiming and then this one's a scientologist and that's what they're reclaiming like yeah it just gets very murky and just not making any sense at all and then him just being like i'm what and i'm good it's so obviously like i'm queer and i'm here they try to make it like pinocchio and it just misses like most of this musical but
0: yeah so next shrek and donkey meet up again at the swamp Uh, similar to in the movie donkey's building the wall except shrek kind of apologizes easier than he does um, in the movie it seems he just doesn't have as much I don't even remember if he tells Donkey off the way that he does in the movie.
1: I think they, like, maybe go back and forth, like, one time. But it's very abridged. Yeah. And I also, I'm realizing, too, that I kind of miss the hallelujah moment we had Mm -hmm. in the movie. Like, at this point, this is when you highlighted they're all alone again, right? But we don't get to see Fiona being sad about preparing for the wedding. Like, we don't see them isolated anymore. We miss that, like, full circle moment of realizing they're back kind of where they started in some ways after all falling out so I don't know it's like the pacing just gets kind of weird at this point it feels very noticeable after watching the movie that this is missing
0: yeah it does it really feels like something's missing for sure. Fiona's wedding scene, Mm -hmm. you know? Shrek crashes it. Farquaad at some point says in this scene, and this like just felt so hurtful. He says, it's rude enough to be alive when no one wants you. Just,
1: he was this goofy, campy character. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's meaner than the movie Farquaad? Like, yeah, like what? Just weird all around. Just came
0: out of nowhere. And it really, I feel like, kind of speaks to how othered he is even still in the last moments of the movie right you know it's like it doesn't really matter what kind of journey you go on internally like externally people can just
1: continue to be shitty that is true they'll just keep going and like Mm -hmm. even doing worse things than what you're doing or like the same things you've done in your own journey but you've now healed from or working towards and only one of you will get labeled the villain according to how you look or present yourself yeah that's something me and my friend have talked about in real life too right like The fact that we'll get villainized for our mental diagnoses and stuff. And people will use that against us anytime we make a mistake. But then they'll make those same mistakes and it'll be nothing. Yeah. But we'll get completely ostracized for those same things just because of our diagnosis, right? So it's just really wild how horrible Farquaad is all the way until the very last moments. Yeah. It's really a big double
0: standard, though it does... And happily, obviously, Shrek says, if true love is blind, maybe you won't mind the view. I know I'm not the fancy prince that you've waited. You've never read a book like this. Mm. And I think that's really sweet, you know, like acknowledging the... I guess uniqueness yeah of the situation I think there's just something sweet about you've never read a book like this because it's not negative
1: Mm -hmm. it's exciting yeah they're like this is new right we're embarking on something new and also if you notice whenever he's singing that it's the same tune as a big bright beautiful world it's just slowed down Aww. So it's come full circle. He's now like, This is how I get my big, bright, beautiful world and my fairy yeah. tale ending. Like, it's just different than what we've seen before. And that's a big note on radical imagination, in that it's like, we don't have to follow these like escalators and pre assumed presumptions of what this has to look like. We could make something entirely new.
0: So. Yeah, for sure. And then the fairy tale creatures come crash the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, it stood out to me that Pinocchio says, I'm not a freak, I'm a big, tall man. I just don't get it. I stop trying to make a trans Pinocchio happen.
1: It's not happening. It's not. Stop it.
0: <laughs> but dragon appears and she looks beautiful. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> then we get the true love's kissing. Yeah. Yeah She doesn't change When she transforms Mm -hmm. She stays an ogre And then we get Beautiful ain't always pretty
1: Somebody on TikTok Last time we recorded Mm -hmm. They said the line was Once upon a time To look like us Would be a pity But beautiful Isn't always pretty Sweet We talked about that too Last podcast So we don't have to really Elaborate here More on it But just The idea that Beautiful is Not a binary Of what we've been Led to believe Like it can be a lot of things And it can show up A lot of different ways
0: Yeah and they get married yeah and they live happily ever after and then we get that after movie number yeah
1: and then i saw her face which i'm glad of all the numbers they kept it was that one but yeah. it does make me wonder then why not like hallelujah why not like bad reputation? Like I don't know. Like it makes me wonder a little bit. But I, I do appreciate they kept that mm-hmm. one in. <laughs> me too. Maybe they
0: were trying to distinguish themselves. It just felt like it was trying so hard to still be a classic musical.
1: Yeah, which just maybe don't yeah. you know? Because they wanted it to be a classic musical, but then they added all this very weird allegories and parallels and jokes that didn't need to be in there. Like they really just missed the mark in a lot of ways, not really knowing what they were doing. I think. Oh, and you pointed out, too, that even though they kept the after-credit number, they, like, changed the tune a lot. We don't really get a climax in that song, we just kind of... Yeah. They didn't do the
0: key change. And then I saw the face!
1: face. Yeah, they're all dancing on stage and, like, hyping up the audience, but it's there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, that was Shrek the Musical. Yeah. How do we feel? What are our general feelings about Shrek the Musical?
1: I don't know. It's kind of the same way I feel about the Orville, right, like, Mm -hmm. I think that there's something worth saving here and i would go so far as to write that letter or try to get like a job on the storyboard writers or whatever like i would be invested in helping them fix it so i don't think it's something i would just want to see go away because it's missing the mark right like i think there's something there that's worth preserving and worth teasing out
0: yeah so i personally don't know how i feel about it because it's like it's not like they're gonna go back and revise this musical i suppose there's a possibility that there could be another shrek the musical or a sequel to shrek the musical someday but i just think the movie is so amazing and like i don't personally feel like there needs to be a musical version of it because it already, like, music is so centered in it, and it just feels like it's enough. In my heart, it's enough.
1: That's definitely fair, and I think, right, like, if I had just watched this for the first time with you the other night, like, I think I would be able to take it or leave it. I think that, unfortunately, as a lot of nostalgic things do, sometimes they stick to our bones in different ways, right? So it's like, I kind of wish I could let it go more, but I do think that, however unlikely it is, like, I don't think they would go back and revise it, but I would be willing to do that. I think it'd be interesting to, like, of do a talk back like if i were to create my own script for it and be like this is the way it could have happened i'm curious about it but you're right it's very unlikely that it would change honestly at this point which is just upsetting
0: but (laughs) yeah that's fair to be like connected to nostalgic media but yeah that was us talking about trek the musical (laughs) really
1: appreciate you being here We have a website. Yes, we have a website. It's bit.ly slash coming out evil.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't have other socials yet, but for now go to our website. We're also available on Spotify, Apple Music, Pod, Beam, and also Samsung. Samsung, Samsung yeah. <laughs> Podcasts. We're working on Google Podcasts. So yeah, go to our website. We didn't have as many sources in this episode. If I can think of any sources, as always, the sources will be on our website under the sources tab if you want to check it out. Hell yeah.
1: Music by Audionautics.com.